This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however it applies to you as we take you on through. Uh, obviously, uh, Shrine Ball today, Senior Ball starting Monday. We got conference championship games that we're actually, uh, we'll actually start with here. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. From SI.com's Browns Maven, your local experts on the biggest stories Cleveland Browns-wise for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, I, I guess we'll start here. We'll get this out of the way, Pete. Um, in the early game tomorrow, obviously, Tennessee and the Chiefs. Guys, I, I, what do you expect Frank Clark to say? He's going to run us over. He's going to gash us, and he's going to embarrass us in our home building. I mean, come on. It's, you know, bulletin board material, whatever. Stop, guys. What's he, what do you expect him to say? You know, he's not going to blow the guy kisses the day before he's playing him. Uh, Pete, it's interesting. I mean, look, you know, Tennessee's got a model that's been proven to work in the playoffs before. There's been teams that have won Super Bowls with it. Uh, I think their secondary right now is playing good. I wouldn't say, you know, good enough when you're talking Patrick Mahomes and all these weapons is another story altogether. But it's, it's going to be interesting because you have complete – you know, polar opposites. Tennessee, where it's, you know, we hopefully want to run Derrick Henry 30-something times and turn this 60-minute game into 25 minutes where you have the Chiefs and essentially their Golden State Warrior style, where even last week it's, you know, eh, eh, whatever, down by three scores. Eh, we'll make it up before half. <clears throat> That's ultimately what I think the, the, the Titans are going to have a problem. Um I mean, they, they can try to control the ball and pace and the amount of, t- amount of possessions the Chiefs get. Um, but the, the thing is, the Chiefs are just so fast. If they get going, uh, then the Titans really don't have an answer. The, the good news is the uh, Titans have a much better secondary than the Chiefs do. Uh, they have a better uh, defensive front than, than Houston did. I'm sorry, they, they have a better secondary than Houston did. They have a better up the front than uh, Houston did. So they've got at least a, more of a fighting chance for this. But I don't know if they can just if, – if the Chiefs are going to score basically, you know, around 30, 35, I just don't know if the Titans can score enough. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. This game gets into the 30s um, without the uh, aid of a defensive – touchdown or something of that but it's going to be interesting though Pete because I mean and you talk about this Tennessee defensive line and look they did a fantastic job last week with their game plan but it's you're just going against which is what is like maybe you know the best thing going today which is that Chiefs offense because you got speed everywhere at the wide receiver position it doesn't matter honestly they don't even have to put a number on a running back all these guys seem to find a success in, in, in what they do there and, you know, you match that up with Kelsey, who's just a precision route runner, catches everything, takes hits, and, and Mahomes can make every throw in the book. That being said, you know, does, you know, can Tennessee possibly have one more in them? I mean, ideally, if you're Tennessee, you want this game to be about three degrees tomorrow, 35-mile-an-hour uh, winds, and six inches of snow on a field. I mean, it's just uh, I think for the most part, Pat Mahomes is pretty weather resistant. Um, just the way he throws the ball and his arm strength and, and, and the ability to sort of not have to overthrow too much makes it very easy for him to control it. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, if, if the Titans can 
and you know basically play keep away, then then they'll have a fighting chance. It's just I I, I think if the game gets above about 25 points, you know, for the Chiefs, I, I think the Titans are largely screwed at that point. I don't think uh, that, that Tannehill can do enough. Um, obviously, part of the reason the, 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 the Texans ran into a problem is they couldn't uh, do enough on the ground to control the game uh, and take it away. And, and Deshaun Watson uh, was very effective early, but sort of, uh, started losing possessions later, and then they just got out of you know the game. Obviously, got away from. Them. Uh, it, you know, it's one of those where the Titans, you know, not only have to control the ball, but basically every time they 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 do get the ball, they have to score. And I don't think they can afford to settle for field goals. They have to be able to convert touchdowns uh, in the process, and that is where they they tend to run into a problem. Well, our good old friend Greg Joseph's been there. I mean, it feels like it's almost been two months now. Still hasn't even attempted one. Um, and the other thing is, is, is they got to go with a you know everything on the line. You know, there should be no question anywhere where if it's fourth and inches, you got to go for it. Uh, you, you're essentially trying to slay the dragon here, so to speak. Prediction time. First game tomorrow, AFC Championship. Go ahead, Pete. I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I just think the the Titans are going to have. Um, too much trouble keeping up. Uh, you know, obviously a big factor is going to be whether or not Chris Chris Jones plays. Um, if he does, they're certainly, you know, in a far better position to compete. But um, e- even if Derrick Henry goes off, I-, I-, I just don't know if that's enough. They have to get more out of Tannehill than they've gotten either the past uh, two weeks. I mean, at the, at the rate he's going, he may crack 300 yards um, for the entire playoffs this game. Uh, in his third game, and that's simply not enough. So, you know, there, there there will be opportunities for Tannehill to make plays. I just, it's, again, I, uh, I, I don't see it being enough. Oh, I mean, the question is whether or not they can call and get the, I mean, because it's, it's weird that they've done so well in these two playoff wins and A.J. Brown has been nowhere there. Tennessee's beat him once, and I'm kind of in a bind here. I'm a game down. And the other thing is, I'm pissed at myself because I thought they were going to beat New England. I thought they were going to beat Baltimore. I'm going to go with it. And look, I mean, this goes back to a a Derek Jeter line way back in the day. The postseason isn't always about who's the best team. It's about who's the hottest team. And right now, Tennessee, everything kind of seems to be clicking for them. It's the toughest, toughest of atmospheres to play. Why not? Let's go nuts. Let's get a Tennessee... Let's get Tennessee in the Super Bowl. Give us something different. Look, as much as I want to see Patrick Mahomes there, I'm kind of forced here. But look, Tennessee, it's it, it, it's not undoable in that scenario. We'll flip, flip it up here, Pete. The 640 start. Obviously, the rematch, it did not go well round one. And the thing with San Francisco is defensively is they can just keep coming after the quarterback. It never ends. Getting Alex, uh, getting Quan Alexander back in that linebacking group, it just adds more speed to it. It's it's not just one thing. I mean, look, Quan, whatever they're paying him, he's not their best linebacker. It is Warner. Uh, obviously, Richard Sherman here, he's had good matchups with Devontae Adams in the past. This is a bad matchup on paper for Green Bay. It, it just it doesn't match up well. This is a team that's difficult for them. This is one, Pete, where I don't know if I see this getting. I, 
it was a, what, a three-score game last time? I mean, if you're Green Bay, maybe a good effort is losing 24-10? I, I don't know. No, See, let's the thing go. Is like, so, look, I mean, uh, the, 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 the 49ers are at their best when they can run the ball. And you saw it uh, in that game last week. Kyle Shanahan basically took took the ball out of Garoppolo's hand. He threw one meaningful pass in about a quarter and a half, and and it was almost intercepted. Um, uh, they, that's that's where I get worried, and and certainly I think the 49ers are very well built defensively, and I think that's the, that's where this game's going to be won or lost. But the Packers can rush the passer at a really high level. Zadarius Smith is playing out of his mind. Uh, and they have DBs. I mean, Jairi Alexander is very good. Uh, they have, you know, Blake Martinez is a very good linebacker. They have some incredible talent up there. Um, and, you know, if they, if they put the ball in Garoppolo's hands, they can win this thing. So um, I I think it's going to be closer than that. Um, and and, I, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, this is a game where, Aaron Rodgers has the ball in his hand with a chance to win at the end. It's going to be a question to see who can win, uh, if it's going to be Aaron Rodgers or that defense. And, and it's, it gets tough. And, you know, you, you know, Peyton Rod- Aaron Rodgers, you know, into a corner. He's obviously burned many a teams a time before. Um, I'm going to go San Francisco here. I just think the thing with San Francisco is they can just – they can do so many different things. Uh, they can kill you with Kittle. Uh, the wide receivers, the play has improved as the years go on. As the years got on, uh, you know, Debo Samuel has you know, turned into a nice, nice addition for them. You know, once you brought Sanders in, it took a little pressure off. You had the veteran of the group. Um, and the fact that they can just do so many different things with the running backs they have. And, you know, and yeah, I mean, you know, we've had our talks on Jimmy G and what we think Jimmy G is and this, that, and the other thing. But the thing is, you know, even if he's just a game manager, there's enough there on defense. It looks like there's enough there on offense. I, I'm seeing this one, you know, I'm seeing this one a 14 point game, 23, you know, 24, 10, something of that nature. I, I just think Green Bay is going to have such a difficulty with this, with the Packers defensive line that it's, they get on you and they get on you so fast. It just gets to the point where you're throwing the ball in the dirt or you're throwing the ball to your coach wearing a baseball hat on the sidelines. So you're taking the, I'm in on the Niners, sir. All right. As a result, I will also take the Niners. Uh, and I will play defense on my lead here uh, as you're trying to uh, make a comeback with the other terrible pick. Putting a checker on a checker. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can put yourself in a bigger deficit with your other pick. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's over after that. I mean, you know, unless somehow uh, we find a way to wager on the Pro Bowl here. Right. The belt will be retained once again. So it's all about the AFC title game. You're betting on Ryan Tannehill. Actually, I'm betting on Derrick Henry, but, you know, either way, you know, Derrick Henry, who's only ran the ball like 70 times in the last two weeks. But go ahead, guess the big sucker up. Let's go one more time here. Uh, we got more coming here. Uh, you know, we get to start getting some senior bowl prep. Obviously, the Shrine game was today. We get to all that stuff. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, Locked On Browns. Can you believe it's conference championship week? Time's up for two of the teams playing this weekend, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like you never before. 
every run, throw, and catch mean more with the Drafts King lineup on the line. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, start your lineup there. It's simple. Just draft your lineup. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game. Quite like having a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing listeners and users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs, guys. DraftKings does other things, so it's just not football tied in. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code all caps, no space, locked on. For a limited time, both new and existing members uh, can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to enter the promo code locked on, all caps, no space, during sign up, and you'll also get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Again, promo code locked on, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. So even you win, guys, you can't just take your money and run. You gotta play a little bit. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Pete, Monday morning, you venture on down to Mobile, Alabama. Um, it's I I don't know if anybody actually thought Joe Burrow was going. Look, guys, you know, this is probably the, you know, Pete and I have said this probably two weeks in running out. You know pick number one. You know pick number two. Joe Burrow is going to Cincinnati. Chase Young is going to Washington. The draft starts at three, and essentially when Detroit's – Mel Kuyper, oh, well, Detroit may have a lot of interest in Tua Tagliavola. Well, what did that tell you? That told you, tells you the draft starts at number three. Detroit is open for business. Um, it's an interesting group, Pete, this year, and, you know, you know, with each position – and maybe we'll stick on the offensive side of the ball here tonight. Um, there is interest here, um, you know. I'll shed a tear. Travis Etienne, you killed my dreams by going back to Clemson. I mean, God bless you. I hope everything works out for the kid. And sometimes some guys are in a right frame of mind where it, you know, they can wait a year, um, you know, pray for his health and hopefully everything works out. And sometimes that piece of paper that is the degree is, is your insurance. If it doesn't work out for you football wise, because that was crazy. But it's, you know, this is, I mean, the, the, you're looking here, these are, you know, with all the underclassmen, you're not getting the upper echelon of guys here, and you're starting to see, you know, names trickle out and other guys getting put in here. But the offensive side of the ball, it, it's not that it's not impressive. And obviously, you know, you're looking at Herbert here. He's probably the the quarterback to watch this week. Uh, you know, obviously, Love is uh, Jordan Love is another one. Interesting group, offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. The receivers are okay. Uh, you know, there's some really good. I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to find out, learn how to pronounce this kid's name. Uh, Brandon, I assume it's Ayuk. Um, yes. From Arizona State uh, is far and away the best-rated prospect coming into this thing. We'll see where he is uh, when he goes. Uh, assuming he shows up, he's still on the roster as I'm looking at it right now. Uh, well, he graduated. He 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 declared early with graduating early. It seemed like he's. I don't know why he would back out because it seemed like he was using that using this platform to get his well, name up there a little bit more. Given the fact that the Pac-12 was down this year, and it's not like Arizona State had a ton of opportunities to uh, to showcase themselves, other when they beat a particular uh, remedial school. Um, 
<laughs> so if you go off of production, and I'll have to do this, the other guys that are interesting from this are uh, Brian Edwards from South Carolina, who is a guy who's I've seen rated all over the place. Uh, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. Um, you know, I don't expect him to test particularly well, but if you like a big sort of possession type guy who does, you know, with Claypool for Notre Dame, he's, he's interesting. Jawan Jennings is in that same mold. Very big body type guy. Colin Johnson, even bigger. Had a great year uh, last year in terms of production. Uh you know, the tight ends are very interesting to me. Um, uh, Bryson Hopkins has fantastic production. Um, I'm curious to see what he can do. Um, uh, Jared Pickney has uh, elite production from his, his junior year, uh, but I don't know if that's really what he's going to be. He might be more of a Foster Moreau type uh, in that he, he's, he's a mobile tight end, mobile fullback essentially, where he blocks and just kills people all the time uh, they line them up all over the place and given what the Browns are at least alluding to it wouldn't be a huge surprise if they're interested in a guy like that um yep. Harrison Bryant um he's short he was great production obviously this is a big opportunity for him to sort of showcase himself I you know it's, when you when you get guys who don't have much length I'm I'm more interested in them in terms of uh, you know, you know, H-backs and space players and stuff like that. And, and theoretically, you know, fullback, though, typically, you know, that's not te the type of guy you go to. Um, you know, this is a showcase for the offensive line, and there's some really intriguing guys um, from that standpoint. I think Josh Jones is, is the early favorite to be the, the highest pick that's going um, out of Houston. Uh, I, you know, with him, I think more than anything, you want to get a sense of who he is as a person. Because this tape is fantastic, but there's just times where I'm just sitting there going, why can't he, you know, why can't he do that all the time? Why why doesn't he finish on these type of things? Uh, Matt Pert, uh, right tackle out of UConn, is very interesting, fits that zone blocking scheme. Uh, I, I, I don't think he's there yet, but he's very, very talented, obviously. Uh, Prince uh, Winogo, Prince Tega Winogo, is he still on here? I think he's still on here. Yep. I'd be, I'd be very disappointed if he wasn't. Um, yeah, he's still there. Um, he's, you know, fascinating because he's got <laughs> great body uh, in terms of, size, like, ideal length. Um, you know, he, he's, he's got movement skills. He's just not consistent. And there are times when he looks great, and there are times where he just doesn't. Um, so he's he's fascinating. Um, you know, Trey Adams is going to be there. I'm curious to see, you know, if he's dominant, um, and he could be, especially in those those pit type drills. First of all, because he's enormous, and second of all, he's a good player. You know, he may, you know, build some momentum coming out of this thing and get people really excited about him. It'll just be obviously a question of, you know, the medicals, um, running backs. I love Eno Benjamin. Um, you know, if, if I, the more we get through this, I, the more I think they're going to end up keeping Kareem Hunt um, if they can get a fullback. But if for whatever reason they don't, um, and they they were to move on, I mean, Eno Benjamin is like to me is is Duke Johnson uh, 2.0. The difference is like at Arizona State they used him like Duke Johnson with nowhere to go, and Duke Johnson in Miami was 
you know, the bell cow. So yep. there's some interesting players. I, I, I like Josh Kelly as you know, from UCLA as a theoretical fullback convert. I mean, he, he's not like he has to do it, but he's a, he's a big back, um, good balance, does some things well, powerful guy. So yeah, those are some of the guys that, do they even have anyone who's technically listed as a fullback? I don't know that they do. Well, it's getting harder and harder. I mean, you find more fullbacks in the uh, you know in the NFL than you do in the collegiate level. It's you know a lot of time it's like, oh, we'll just go extra lineman or things of that nature. Or you find somebody, to well, do it, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's true. But usually, you know, it's a safe bet that there's like a like Alec Ingold was here a couple of years ago. I mean, there's usually like Wisconsin and Alabama providers. service academies guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, and they may have just slapped on tight end a couple of these guys. Uh, Adam Troutman, the kid from Dayton, is a guy who's got an opportunity to, to do some stuff down here or down there. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, you know, the offense is interesting. Uh, you know, I think there's probably more offensive talent than defensive talent, and that's probably looking it through the lens of what the Browns need anyway. So, yeah, that's, that's sort of where we're at there. Um, the thing for me, Pete, is I know you were a Prince uh, Tewanogo fan, but jo- you have Josh Jones higher? Yeah, you watch his tape. He's phenomenal. Like, he does it all right. The, the issue I have with a guy like Josh Jones is just um, me personally. I just love guys who finish and play through the wh- echo of the whistle and just want to bury the dick people. mentality. If you, watch him, if you watch Josh Jones, you could be like, wow, he's really good. And then there are times where it's like, you know, the play's not even halfway over and he's finished what he thinks is his block and he's turned around and watching or jogging for the next play. And you want guys to, you know, like that works type and, and wills. And, and, and I think when no goes in that, in that crowd where they're just like, well, Mackay Beckton obviously has a whole highlight reel of just looking to bury people and just demoralize them. And for whatever reason, Josh Jones, it doesn't show me much of that. And that may be a case of, you know, not, not being paid yet. That may be a case of if he gets the right coach uh, that can light a fire under him, he'll, he'll do more of that. But, He's uh, he's a he's a clock watcher type, and and you could be successful because he's very good at good at what he does. But you know, when it comes to offensive linemen, I just love guys who have that attitude of just looking to looking to take the guy's soul. Uh, and you know, the other factor could be is you know I'm at Houston and I'm not thrilled that I'm at Houston. I felt I deserved a bigger platform, that type of thing. And it also could be the last thing I want to do right now is. Yeah. And it's the same school as that Oliver. So, I mean, you're, you're doing just fine. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll find you. They'll find you. Um, got, uh, I got a question here today on George Patton. Uh, obviously, uh, everybody, you know, uh, Barry was in the building yesterday. Patton was supposed to interview today. Uh, there were some concerns, obviously. You know, I'm here in Jersey, the guys, we dealt with it. I know Ohio had weather issues. Nothing's been put out, but, you know, obviously George Patton was supposed to interview today this is one thing i did want to address here pete is you know some people were concerned about whether or not having the gm in place was essential to have because you want them down there in mobile by tuesday you have people in place who can do this and the other thing is anybody who's going to become most likely the general manager of the browns here they're doing this work anyway so it's just essentially the city they're in and the desk they're sitting at, they're doing this work anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, it, look, perfect world. You have everybody on the same team uh, going, going down there and getting, getting after it as far as work, work goes. Uh, but theoretically, 
you know, guys like Barry and uh, Patton and uh, Austin Fort or whatever his name is uh, are, are down there with their respective clubs anyway. But even if they weren't, uh, you know, the Browns obviously have their scouting department. I, I, I assume Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith would be down there because they're not part of the interviewing crowd uh, for the, the, you know, for uh, the, the GM search. So, and they tape everything, obviously. So if it's a question of tape, um, those things are there. Uh, and, and they'll have further opportunities to sort of do interviews and stuff if, they, if that's, that's a question. So sure, in perfect world, you would have a better sense of where you're going to be at. I, I honestly think the coaching staff might be a bigger um, question with that than, than the GM necessarily. But um, it's not going to kill you. It's just you know, it would be preferable to have it all set up. Yeah, and now today, obviously, you know, um, interview is going to come for Scangarella for offensive coordinator, and Brandon Leister did some digging around today, and this was actually pretty good. Um, the two uh, names connected to uh, Stefanski from San Francisco. It, these guys, con- these uh, both these guys' contracts are going to expire, so there's really no rush here. You know, you can interview obviously him. You know, from coming from Denver, obviously where he was let go, and it was kind of weird because Denver's offense kind of did put up some numbers with three quarterbacks. Um, but you see the trend here of the offense, you know, with the names linked, and the two guys from San Francisco, they're essentially free agents when the Niners season is over, and no OC, no DC. Pete is is it getting nervous time yet? No, uh, because if, if you are trying to get guys from, in this case, the 49ers, um, you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll wait potentially until after the Super Bowl. Obviously, the 49ers um, waited until after the Super Bowl to hire uh, Kyle Shanahan in the first place, and they seem to be doing okay. So, <laughs> again, it comes down to, you know, preference. Your preference would be, to have these guys in in, in the mix, um, whether you know the contracts are set to expire, um, that is seemingly unnecessary part of this. I mean, that means they could both walk obviously after it's done, but they had already requested the ability to interview them and got it. So um, I don't think that's that big of a problem for them. Uh, but obviously you can't hire them until they're done. So it's interesting. Uh, you know, obviously <clears throat> Mike McDaniel has been linked to this and, and been, you know, seems like a, a favorite. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, they'll get Woods to be the defensive coordinator. Um, Rick, Rich uh, Skang, Skangarello or whatever his name is, um, he uh, got caught up in that coaching arms race. <laughs> Um, the Scangarello got fired um, from the Broncos, and they brought in Pat Shermer, probably, you know, hoping for that being an upgrade. Uh, the Raiders had fired, uh, I think it was Brenton Buckner, their defensive line coach, so they could hire Rod Marinelli. Um, so Scangarello didn't necessarily do a poor job. Um, they just feel like this guy is uh, better. Um, and the Browns could get a guy that theoretically fits very nicely for what they're doing. Um, that also means 
that he doesn't necessarily come in as the offensive coordinator. He could theoretically be, you know, some other coach, uh, quarterbacks coach, for example. But if it is Gangarello, that be, you know, that that will obviously raise the question of who's going to call plays because that could be an indication that uh, maybe Stefanski would do it in that case, or they 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 like what. Uh, Gangarello did and and just think he needs to get a little bit more experienced and improve at it but uh, he uh, I, I don't think he's uh, a booby prize in this case just because he got let go by the Broncos no and uh, you know obviously you guys know Ben Albright you know a uh, big friend of everybody and you know he raved you know the, the Broncos offense was able to do some things and you know they were able you know, to maneuver their way from three quarterbacks and were able to put up yards put up some points um It'll be interesting. You know, I mean, time will tell. Look, if it's not soon, I mean, <coughs> if the Niners were to lose on Sunday, maybe you have more of an accelerated process here and you would know something by the end of the week. Certainly possible. Um, Niners got to play another two weeks and there's no offense coordinator named yet. And, you know, obviously, or a defense coordinator. Maybe you know where some thing some things lie. Um, we got some more questions to get to here, which we will do. Um, a little break here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, Locked On Browns. You guys all love your Browns apparel, and you guys all wear everything Browns wise, and you wear it like a badge of honor, as you should. Lifers, mad respect. Zabo apparel. Uh, can never say enough good things about the people over at Zabo. Uh, I love the product. Um, I love the effort put into it. It's not, you know, it's not, oh, that was cool. Slap a hashtag on it. Let's print it and we'll have it out in 25 minutes. It's a well thought out process. Uh, introductory t-shirt coming out for Stefanski, the ski club. Uh, go ahead. Check that out. Um, great people. Great product. Something you can get behind. Zaboapparel.com at Zabo Apparel on Twitter. You're looking for gear and you're looking to get geared up. Go ahead and check out the folks. Over at Zabo. As we roll on through here on Locked On Browns, we've got questions and we got time to get to a couple of them here. Uh, as you know, on Saturday night here, we'll get something else up tomorrow. And then, yeah, obviously, Pete's going to start traveling. So, tons of stuff coming at you. And you guys appreciate everything. And we enjoy seeing you go. We, we enjoy it a ton. I love Pete. I love the fact that Pete gets to get, go down there. He's going to chase Prince Tan Nuevo around, so all that good stuff. Chances Browns go O line in round one in end round two. There's a couple of things with this. The thing is, Pete, is the way the money structure is to the offensive line is, and everybody don't go to rookies at tackles. Save the money by getting two rookies at the tackle positions, and you're going to play this out for three to four years. And then you're talking about maybe the end of Joel Batonio's time here in Cleveland and maybe J.C. Treader's time here. And now if you really like it and the tackle's worked out, this is a chance to maximize the position money-wise. So they're going to draft tackles and we're going to get rid of our interior guys? What? No, no, no. But this is a chance to shape your offensive line for a three-, four-year run where you're going to get rookie tackles on cheap deals. Yeah, there's no, there's no question. I mean, the, you know, theoretically you could, um, you could pay a free agent, though I'd prefer you didn't, um, because tackles are way more expensive than people think they are. Um, and if you can get a couple of young guys and they're there 
for a while. Um, you'd have three guys on rookie deals. That's pretty idea, e- ideal, even if one of those rookie deals is the 10th overall pick. Um, it's significant cost control. That'd be a, a, a substantial savings, even just from, from Greg Robinson's contract for hopefully a better player. Um, uh, but yeah, and then obviously you have to then get to a point where you're rotating in linemen, but you know, you, at that point, if you can get the five guys you like, then you're, you're, you know, using lower picks or you have guys like Forbes or, or whatever, you can start sort of developing in the background patiently. And then when you have to have a guy, uh, leave for whatever reason you can, or injured or whatever you get, um, you uh, you go ahead and uh, you, you can rotate them in and, and, and then you extend guys as needed. You have a little bit more um, balance with that. You're not plugging holes. You're, you're building a foundation and just uh, grooming guys to, to take over. Um, and, and look, for me, it doesn't necessarily have to be back-to-back. And we'll see how the Kareem Hunt thing plays out. And uh, thanks for leaving me on the island here on Pete. I guess I'm going to take all these hits. Um, obviously, ETM was my dream pick if you could get a six pick within that top 105. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the second round. This tackle class should help you out. Uh, if you saw today, Dane Brugler, his top offensive tackle prospect at the Shrine game was Jack Driscoll at Auburn. He's a guy I talk about a lot. I really like him. You don't necessarily have to get him at 41. So there's two ways to play this. Do you want to get the right tackle established at 10? Do you want to get the left tackle established at 10? It's difficult because, you know, usually left tackle is easier to address early. And maybe that's where this is dictating. Uh, obviously, a lot of balls still in the air as far as that's concerned. Uh, Lane, you had a question for us. You want to DM at any time, buddy. You got it. Actually, you got to come join us one time. That's another one. Um, from Browns Buddha, is there a can't miss tackle the Browns should trade up for? First off, no, I, there's no reason, right? There is no reason to trade up from 10. There are four names that should work out and should be there by 10. Um, yeah, I, and for, for one thing, we won't know the answer to that, at least for a little while longer. Um, there are people that like Jared Rick Wills as the top tackle in the class. Uh, we got to see what he does athletically. And then obviously the medical for a guy like that. Uh, and obviously he'd be flipping sides, which isn't necessarily the biggest thing. Uh, Andrew Thomas seems like the safest bet, though he might not have as much upside as some of the other guys. But no, I mean you're you're in a very good spot at ten to get um, a very very good player, and and specifically one that is likely to fit what you're trying to do on your offensive line. To me, uh, Werfs screams out Browns, given what. Um, Stefanski was doing in Minnesota and what the Browns were doing last year and what they're going to be doing. Uh, and then, you know, my wild card for this whole thing is going to be Mekhi Becton and, and see what he does in terms of testing and those other things. And, and you know, I, 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 we'll see where things like his weight are at. And, you know, I, I understand he's a physical freak and stuff. I, I just don't know how many people um, need to be 360 pounds, if that's even accurate. But, you know, if he's down to like 340 um, and can, you know, gets a little bit lighter on his feet and stuff as a benefit just to take some of the pressure off his joints um, would probably be better for everyone. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the 
the, the Browns are in phenomenal shape, and if all fails, if anything, um, they could be in a spot to maybe move back a little bit as opposed to trading up. But no, there's up doesn't do them any good. The only, the only way trading up could make sense is if they, you know, let's say they pick something, somebody a tackle at 10, and they fall in, some, in love with somebody at the end of the first round or earlier in the second round, more likely, and they, they want to move up and go get them whether it's another tackle or some other player, they can add in hopefully another tackle and really feel good about where they're going from that standpoint. Uh, and, you know, uh, Becton is off working with Duke Mayweather. Uh, Duke Mayweather's a big guy on social media if you haven't checked him out. So we'll see. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, is his weight a concern? And then you have the double concern of now you're about to get paid. And it's, it's legitimate concern, but kick and play, kick and play plays very well haven't done one of these in a while pete nfl wise brown wise browns wise draft wise anything you get off your chest uh i don't think so uh i think we should be okay uh i mean the only thing that sort of jumps out me sort of news wise is the whole <laughs> true rosenhaus firing uh antonio brown way like like the line has long been crossed he's like okay this is enough of this and it's like okay now i'm gonna go ahead and fire you and then you know not surprisingly the reference to a uh bag of dicks uh coming his way uh soon followed you know and somebody had that tweet earlier today earlier that day and that was me i will take credit for that one um but drew rosenhaus will He's like a blood-sucking vampire. The blood equals the money. If it gets to the point where Drew says, there's not a dime to be made off this dude anymore, get him the hell out of here. And that's where it's at. Uh, Antonio Brown, I don't know if it's CTE, whatever the hell it is. Dude, get your shit right. Go see somebody. Um, you, The mother of your kids is standing in the street with police officers around, and you're throwing a bag of dick gummies at your children and the mother of your kids. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? Get your life right. It's terrible in all aspects. Pete, latest over at Browns, baby. Uh, so, you know, obviously it's keeping an eye on everything uh, Brown's hiring process, but uh, this uh, is, it becomes when we actually get to get into the nitty gritty about the draft and obviously senior bowl uh, is a big part of that sort of launching it. Um, and obviously from my perspective is slightly different this year, just because I, I, I'm coming at this later than I normally would, just because I've had to do so much other stuff uh, with the Browns that, you know, you hopefully don't have to do like another coaching. Position. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that is, that is where we're going. Hopefully, you know, a weather free, issue as far as that goes but yeah it's it's full full bore actually getting to see football players do football stuff when they're prospects yeah and you know you get a break maybe it's gonna be like 10 to 15 degrees warmer pete than it actually what it that it is um doesn't look like the best weather week in mobile but it looks hopefully like the rain's gonna stay away which was an issue last year for one day uh we'll get to this more tomorrow we'll do the defensive side of the ball uh appreciate you guys both being along for the ride here like we tell you to do, we, like, we bust our butts. We try to give you everything we can. And, yeah, it's been weird. Like last year, senior ball-wise and the previews of it, we did, you know, positional 
but you know, head coach, GM, and not a staff in place yet. A lot going on here, Browns wise, and a lot still to come. So stay tuned, keep listening. We appreciate you. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, at Browns Maven on Twitter. Check out everything through SI.com. Pete and his staff, they're putting out kicking ass, taking aims over there. Show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open, guys. Content for the show, questions you have, things you want to put in. By all means, ask me. I had somebody ask me today about about um, now how they were hearing the podcast. They were listening to the megaphone link. You got something? Even if it's stupid, silly, I don't care. I'll do my best to try to help you out. Uh, appreciate you guys all. Enjoy the conference championship games tomorrow. Uh, we'll get something up for you tomorrow. And then Pete's going to take his little flight down to Mobile, eat some barbecue, watch some football, do some good things down there. Uh, again, thanks, everybody. With that, we're going to put a bow on this one. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.